Hey everybody, it's Mikey D. Welcome to my stoop. It feels like yesterday when we roamed this lost world. A little town amidst a giant city. Quiet, crazy, wild, and sometimes lonely. Never boring, yet at times it was. It was a place where characters roamed and lived bizarre tales. Yet these were not works of mythology, and it's all tattooed on my mind. So sit back, and let me tell you the stories of this ancient city. Let's hang out together on the Stoops of Atlantis. I know my own needs, and what I need from an automobile, I know I get from this new Cordova. I could ask for nothing beyond the quality of Cordova's workmanship, the tastefulness of its appearance. I request nothing beyond the thickly cushioned luxury of seats available even in soft Corinthian leather. I have never owned a car in the 50 plus years I've been on this earth. Now some might laud this as some noble and heroic act of refusing to be part of the greenhouse gas spewing traffic causing crowd of autoconformists. Actually, the fact is it's too expensive and annoying to own a car on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I would own one in the beat of a piston if it were practical. But I'd rather not spend the second rent on a parking spot plus the annoyance of sitting behind the wheel on mornings awaiting the street sweeper and the subsequent game of musical cars as we race to get a legit spot. But there is a freedom that comes with owning a car. And growing up around those stoops of Atlantis, my dad always had one. Be it a beat up jalopy usually struggling to stay on the road. We were able to road trip to freedom from the boredom and the rough edge of East Harlem. And in those desolate days pre-shopping mall, parking spots on our block were a dime a dozen. My dad worked Monday through Friday, so the weekends is when he tried to get us together in the Country Squire wagon or the Olds 98 or whatever vehicle he was driving at the time, and do something, anything, to be together and to get out of the comfort or discomfort zone of East Harlem. Saturday nights, that often meant giving my mother a break from cooking and going out to eat. McDonald's Big Mac, the big sandwich with the great big taste that everybody's talking about. Sesame seed bun, and we forgot the onions. Yes, it did. Yes, it did say onions. Are you sure? It, it said onions. <laughs> All right. Now, we were a working class family, so there were no going out to fancy celebrity chef restaurants. Actually, back in those days, those weren't really a big deal. But we went for the cheap old fast food places like, like Burger King or Mickey D's. And even those were an extra expense for my parents. But this little splurge was important to us and fun. And my favorite part was the driving to and more so from the meal itself. 
We would drive either to Burger King on Wex and 44th Street, where often we would walk through a gauntlet of working girls, who at the time were a common sight. It was 1970s. Hey, baby, what's going on? The alternate was the McDonald's on 23rd between 2nd and 3rd. I'll never forget one night when my little sister Chrissy, who was 4 or 5 at the time, got a phrase stuck in her head that she insisted on shouting out at the top of her little potent lungs repeatedly. I smell a fart! I smell a fart! Yeah, I smell a fart. Kids can be that way over and over. I think they find great power in their voices and the reaction that it would get. And it got a reaction. I was dying laughing as my parents tried to get her to stop. At one point, I had to go across the restaurant to get some straws or something, and I could hear a voice booming across the room. I was in pain laughing. Now, during the same meal, she spilled a grape soda on herself, and when we all got up to leave, her pants were hanging below her skinny kid butt, and her cheeks were purple. My sisters and me were in stitches. Purple cooey, because she's got a purple cooey. I know if my sister was listening right now, she's going to kill me. Uh, actually not. She's actually a good sport, and that voice I played is actually her, recorded recently for this app. Here, here's the unaffected version of it. I smell a fart. Yeah, we're all a little nuts in my family. After dinner, it was time to explore the city, or just go home. So there was that moment time hanging frozen above our heads when there would be the discussion and the negotiation of my parents. My dad was more spontaneous and up for more adventures. He would throw out the idea of driving out to Coney Island and me and my heart would race and I would sit at the edge of my seat and then my mom, always more of a pragmatist, would shoot that down. Coney Island, I don't want to go all the way out there. So with some AM music station playing we head off into the wilds of Manhattan and it was fun too. We would head down to areas of the city I rarely saw. I loved the empty streets of Soho, which was only just beginning its renaissance. I'd stick my head out the window and breathe in the air, scented with the Hudson River and spiced with notes of old gasoline, tarmac, and ghosts of stories untold. As we'd hit Chinatown and Little Italy, the streets would go crowded with faces and color and crowds and smells of all kinds of food. If it was summertime or close to Chinese New Year, mats of firecrackers would sometimes halt our ride, much to the sheer delight of this little pyro bastard. And getting stuck behind explosives or in traffic was to, to me a bonus because it meant, well, it would delay our return home. And there was always one more stop. No ride was complete without ice cream. In the earlier days, this, this meant Baskin-Robbins on the corner of 68th and Lex. In fact, my older sisters and my cousins would have after-school jobs here, and I would often hear tales of their exploits with their crazy ice cream creations when the place was shut down. Had a real banana split lately? Or a freshly made strawberry shortcake? When was your last hot fudge Sunday? Maybe it's time to refresh your memory. So get back I don't know if you remember Baskin Robbins, I'm sure a lot of you do, and they had some crazy flavors. 
The one that I'd never liked was the bubblegum ice cream. The flavor was okay, but it had these hard rock-like hunks of bubblegum in it. I don't know how a kid was expected to eat that. There was also a black licorice ice cream. And to me, it looked sort of like a big drum of roofing tar. I was always kind of fascinated by it, but I don't think I ever actually tried it. Later, though, in the 80s, we would stop at Peppermint Park on 64th and 1st Avenue, where I discovered the delights of blackberry ice cream became my favorite for years. Sundays were for longer rides, usually out of the city. Often our friends, Chris and Jennifer, would come along as we headed off to Silvermine Lake up near Bear Mountains or maybe a trip to Jones Beach. My dad had this Country Squire station wagon, and me, my sister Laura and Chrissy, and Chris and Jennifer would squeeze in the back section, a spare tire fighting us for space. See, the tire well was empty because a rusted hole had fallen open, allowing us to see the road below speed by. And it gave us a chance to be mischievous. Our favorite game was to take a piece of paper, candy wrappers, or whatever we could find, and tear it up into confetti and drop it, without my dad knowing, of course, into the hole where it would scatter over the highway behind us like some mini crazy ticker tape parade. It's amazing what entertained us before we became hypnotized by technology. There were, of course, less devious games. I mean, my dad loved to play 20 questions, and we all enjoyed guessing various animals, vegetables, and minerals. In fact, this is how I learned that tomatoes were not vegetables, and they weren't fruit either. But there's other cool, mysterious group called nightshades, as were peppers. And we also had fun waving at other cars to see which were the nice people, meaning that they waved back, or who were the complete evil and utter jerks, the ones who did not. When my grandmother moved to Ronkonkoma, Long Island, road trips on the Long Island Expressway became part of life. I loved those Sundays heading out to Exit 59. See, for a big part of my childhood, Grandma lived on my block, and I saw her every day. She had moved in with my Uncle Frank in a house that was on a hill and faced a huge open sandy lot that was fun to explore. My uncle also had a nice backyard with a lot of grass to play and roll around in. Plus, it was just great to see my grandma. One time I discovered the neighbor was a young kid around my age. He came up to me and asked in this country-like drawl, Wanna chuck rocks? Well, sure, why not? So we wandered across the lot, and well, we chucked rocks. And we hung out that day and we talked about things like our favorite movies. So this was probably 1975 and Star Wars was not out yet. So Rollerball, the James Conn original, was my favorite film. He agreed too, and he said his favorite scene was the locker room where the guys were all in their underwear. Okay, whatever. But was I surprised when my family and I were all back in the car driving home, and my sister looks at me and says, So, you found a girlfriend. Huh? What did she mean by that? 
I mean, I was hanging around with a boy all day. Wagner? Well, it turns out the short-haired blonde boy I was playing with all day was, in fact, a short-haired blonde girl. Funny, the rollerball conversation suddenly made sense. And I realized I needed to pay more attention. Silvermine Lake is a reservoir in Harriman State Park, and it was a favorite road trip spot for us. There's this parking area that's situated before a steep hill that was, or maybe perhaps still is, used for skiing or sledding. And then this nice path meandered through a wooded area that opened to a pretty lake. In fact, if you're a Sopranos fan, this is where the famous Pine Barrens episode was shot. It was always great getting out of the city and feeling soil under your feet and branches scraping your face and that crisp, clean green air in your lungs. And I found a fossil around Silvermine Lake, and it was the greatest natural treasure I ever found. I had dreamed of one day finding one and never did I expect to discover such a large and pristine specimen. I mentioned this fossil in previous episodes and I, and I did post a photo of it, but I'll do that again. So my parents knew the value of getting kids out of the concrete prison and into the wild. In fact, my dad and my uncle went camping as young kids, often alone. And his mother, their mother, knew that value. And I think it made them stronger and more sensitive at the same time. In 1971, our family took the longest road trip ever for us. A man my dad worked for lent him his yacht that was docked in a marina on Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. And we would drive there and live for a whole week on that great boat. But I'm going to save that story for a separate episode. I don't want to cheat the details on that one. There were kids in my hood who would get their first cars and it seemed all they did was drive it around those limited streets. I mean, while I have many good memories of life on the block, I also am so grateful to have taken many jaunts beyond those stoops of Atlantis. Thanks for listening in to the Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to rate it on whatever app you're using. And you could also leave a message at the Facebook page or contact me at stoopsmail at yahoo.com. Until next time. Stoops of Atlantis.